Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli, or a shapeshifter who's taken his form. I'm Brian Dawes, and I'm a Golgari sewer troll. I'm Ashley Barrow, and I am a Rakdos clown. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one, honestly. So, I am back this week from a week off to deal with some Hurricane Michael stuff. And, of course, Hurricane Michael hit at the worst possible time because last week some news came out that I have been hired as a, essentially a creative consultant, uh, specifically for continuity issues for Magic the Gathering Story. And he's definitely the person that you want to go to about complaining to Watsy staff and writing the story and making story decisions, right, Jay? No, why Why would you tell people that? No, 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 no. So, I am an independent contractor, and a, a lot like the flavor text writers are. Did you have something to add, Ashley? I just said, and a shill. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hashtag shill class uh, 2020. So, I am an independent contractor, a lot like the flavor text team. I do not work out of Seattle. I don't have an office. Yet. I get hired on a project-by-project basis to do, essentially, editorial review for continuity. For now. I should I should note... <laughs> you stop that. <laughs> I should note, I have not seen any of the Guilds of Ravnica story beforehand. So if something comes up with them, that's not my fault. I'm Yet. Sorry. For now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Grave Troll. It's your fault. Troll. So let's move on to other news. Oh, yeah. Just a reminder to everybody the first episode of The Broken Pact was last weekend. And oh, crap, I forgot. It'll be we're, like the second yeah, episode by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. So just a reminder to everyone that The Broken Pact is on Saturdays at 1 p.m. PST. And we should definitely make sure that we're trying to view that. I know I was not able to watch it live, but it was interesting. So We also, this week, saw the release of the cover for IDW's Magic the Gathering Chandra number 3. With that cover, there's some issues there that we'll talk about in just a second. But I should note, it also revealed that Tybalt? Tybalt? What do you, how, do you, how do you two say, say his Tybalt. name? Uh, it's Tibble because it has no Y. Why am I always wrong? Ooh, I've been pronouncing because it Tybalt. I bite my thumb at you, sir. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Tybalt is going to be the main villain of the Chandra comic. I should note these comics. I think a lot of people don't seem to understand when we see some of these books and comics that these are not necessarily Wizards of the Coast products. They're Wizards of the Coast licensed products. The purpose, I imagine, of the franchising team was to expand the reach into these other places. So, like, the art books are published by Viz. Uh, This comic book is written and published by IDW. You might recognize IDW does a lot of licensed comics. Like, they do, I know they do Game of Thrones and do just a bunch of other stuff. So, if that name is familiar, that's where you know it from. Yeah, IDW right now has Transformers, Star Trek, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, I want to say. That might be BAM comics, though, or Boom comics. But regardless, they have they work with a lot of licensed properties. 
So we don't know exactly what the deals are with all of these companies. So while it's important to yell at Wizards of the Coast, so to speak, don't actually yell at Wizards of the Coast, write constructive criticism that someone will actually read and take seriously, and also send it to the companies that are actually doing the publications here. If you just send it to Wizards, there's no guarantee it's going to get to the right person. Following up and reaching out to the publishers, whether it's Viz or IDW or whoever, is the way to go. Though it does appear that uh, Michelle from the Lorgoyce uh, has been in contact with Watsi via email, and they are considering her comments, um, and there is a discussion there about the cover, so she did express her perspective as being respected and heard concerning that um, questionable cover choice. So that's not the cover they're using, is it? The one that people hate? We don't know yet. So just from what I understand about comics is by the time it has reached the point where you see the cover in a solicitation, which is usually like three to six months in advance, it's probably going to be too late to change it. Usually when it says not final cover on the front, that doesn't mean the entire cover is getting replaced. It means some elements of it might be tweaked, uh, like they might put in word bubbles. It, the coloring might not be the final version, but they've already paid someone to draw ink and colorize it, and it's gone through graphics. That's um, a pretty decent investment, and I'm not sure, based on fan outcry at the three-month mark, whether or not they will actually change it logistically speaking it doesn't give a whole lot of time to get an artist to turn around a new cover i knew idw one of their big marketing things is that if you buy your store buys 10 copies of one of their comics they have an alternate comic for you cover so they might be able to swap that out but then they need another incentive cover so i don't really know what they're going to do what i will say is it's it might be possible but i wouldn't i wouldn't get your hopes up and I'm, I'm saying this as someone who does comics. Uh, it takes a really, really long time to make these covers, like a really long time. And people think, oh, yeah, you just do another one. No, you can't. It's, there's a lot of people that work on it. Yeah, these are large-scale images um, requiring a lot of detail. This isn't like someone just drew this for fun. It's a lot different than even like Magic Illustrations where it's one artist working on it. It's not like... This is one person's vision, start to finish. So um, a lot of you have expressed a very strong opinion, so we're going to talk about this cover, and I'm going to say some stuff that y'all are saying about it and what I think. And I'm also a comic artist, so I have some insight as to what you should be trying to achieve with a cover. And I'm not going to go into the behind the scenes of how these covers are produced, and I'm not saying that this art is terrible and I hate the comic. I'm just pointing out some things that as an artist I personally think are wrong with it, and if you didn't like the cover and didn't know exactly why you didn't like it, this might be why. And this is probably going to be really long-winded, so I apologize in advance. Firstly, the criticism to people's criticism is mostly, well, you just don't understand what they were going for. No, don't ever say that, and if you ever say that to someone, someone's criticism of an illustration, I will slap you. That is the wrong answer. It's not, <laughs> it is not how to talk about art. If the, if the viewer just doesn't understand it, then the illustration has failed in a story. 
So onto some of the controversy surrounding the cover is that some people are saying it reminds them of sexual assault. And while that's not what I see when I look at it, if some people are mistaking your illustration for sexual assault, then you have failed as an artist. And I'm using the hypothetical you here. It's a pretty hard rule that when someone looks at your illustration, they should be able to tell what's going on. So if a large amount of people are confused, you have done your job, especially if they are confused about something as problematic as this. So a lot of people are arguing about whether or not it actually looks like sexual assault. It doesn't matter. If some people are making that mistake, then that's a problem and it's just not effective. It's an art director and an artist's job to overanalyze the cover, so potential mis misinterpretations are definitely something they think about, and it's not just women being harpies, it's a legitimate criticism. One reason I think people are seeing it that way is Chandra's on her stomach like she'd been attacked from behind, and that could easily be fixed by turning her over so she's on her back, as if she'd been facing Tibble to begin with and had fallen back. That's still not great, but it gives her a little more agency. That's pretty much how you keep a female hero in danger from becoming a damsel, is giving her agency. What I would have done is a different moment altogether, which is my big criticism. There's barely any indication of a narrative here. It looks like Tybalt just came up and punched her in the face, and she's reacting like, oh no, I just got punched in the face. I know what's happening here is that Tybalt is attacking her with mind magic, but just looking at the cover, I would have absolutely no way of knowing that. It's really hard to draw someone in mental anguish and um, make that understood by the viewer, but compare this to a similar cover from the Dak Faden comics, where, uh, which Jay has already linked to on Twitter, where Ashiok is uh, attacking Dak with mind magic. There's lots of story there, and you understand that Ashiok is using mind magic specifically. There's, in this cover, there's not even any indication here that some sort of magical duel has happened at all. One other criticism of people's criticisms, the cover, is that, uh, y'all think our problem with it, is that, uh, a female hero is defeated, and we think that female heroes are never allowed to lose. Uh, no, that's not what I think at all, and I just think there's a way more effective ways to show your hero in peril. And that's what you should show on a comic book cover, by the way. Your hero in peril so that the reader goes, oh no, is this the end of Thor? Well, of course not. He's the hero and he's not going to die, but Loki's really got him good this time, so I really want to know how he gets out of this one. You want to play up the drama so that the reader is intrigued and wants to read that issue and find out how the hero could possibly escape. So I think your cover should definitely show your hero in danger. And that's also why I didn't like the other Dak Faden cover that Jay posted, by the way. Soren has him by the collar, but you see that Dak's got some magic spell ready behind his back, so we know he's about to fire back and escape. Now I don't have to open the book to find that out. It's a spoiler, and I want you to make me open the book. Anyway, comics also don't exist in a void, and you have to take real-life sexism into account. It's hard to show a female character in peril without making them look like a damsel. And besides that, there's just so little story going on here, so little drama, that it's just not interesting at all. If I wasn't already invested in this character, I wouldn't care how she gets out of this one because the cover doesn't make me care about what's going on. In 2018, people really don't care about damsel in distress stories, especially because there's no implication that, like, Batman is going to show up and save her in some cool way. So having a guy attacking some poor girl and no other story going on, it's not going to make anyone want to read this. It's just boring comic book is a product on a shelf, and if I saw this, I would go buy Snot Girl instead. This cover looks bad to anyone who doesn't know the story because Chandra looks like a wuss, and that's boring. It looks bad to anyone who does know the story because we know Chandra isn't a wuss, so it's disappointing. Chandra is a character who is portrayed pretty strong in the story, so of course people are going to complain if she's losing to our favorite guy to hate, Tybalt, even though there's nothing in the story to suggest he really sucks as much as we say he does. <laughs> and I think that's where some people's frustration comes from, and that I don't agree with, because she can't win them all. 
but that would be solved by illustrating the moment with some more story to it. So we see how he has defeated her and then it's a little more believable. And I want to say this is all my opinion. And since I started voicing my opinions on this, I've had some harsh words directed at me by people who say I don't know what I'm talking about or that I'm just being harpy or whatever. And normally I would undersell myself here, but I am a commercial artist. And of course I'm not. I'm not IDW Comics, but trust me when I say that stuff, the stuff I just said is stuff that art directors actually think about. And I want these comics to do really good. So if there's a cover that's going to go on the shelf and people are going to be like, well, that sucks. That makes me sad. I want people to buy them and I want to be successful. And yeah. So I really want him to do well. So this is disappointing to me. Yeah, it is disappointing, especially for the number of people I've seen already say, well, you know, even if I wanted to get this comic, if I was a female gamer at a gaming at a gaming store that sells comics and I saw this comic, like that isn't going to be enticing to draw anybody in, right? I feel like I don't want I don't care. Like I wouldn't think that Jondra was the hero. I'd think she was like well, number one, I'd think she was a Starfire knockoff, but that's not their fault. <laughs> and like i said i would go by snot girl instead i'd go by something that actually looks cool and this doesn't look cool tipple doesn't even look that scary he doesn't even look that scary <laughs> i might be biased because yeah. he's such a chump but. tipple i should mention has never actually appeared in a story he appeared in his origin blurb which you can find online and he appeared in a dual deck facing off against Soren that has never actually happened in story. And as someone who might actually have some influence on what is continuity and what isn't now, I'ma say that didn't necessarily happen if it didn't appear in a story. It was cool branding, but it doesn't mean it actually happened. So every time people say that he's stupid and he sucks, he's never been in the story, so we don't actually know. I mean, he could be really powerful mage and just... Happened to have a crappy card, which I love, so, by the way, I love his card. Tibble has a similar problem to Jace in that everyone hates his card and therefore hates his character. Even though he hasn't even had a character yet, we know literally nothing about Tibble except that he's like an empathic mage. And he's and very like, dapper. And very dapper. And when I say empathic, it doesn't mean he cares about your feelings. He wants to elicit painful feelings from you but regardless planeswalker power levels have almost nothing to do with the actual cards they're printed on the cards they're printed on flavorfully only represent what they're willing to do for you at that time it is not a representation of their true power or we wouldn't be able to get a nickel bolus card yeah i was about to say um tibble's just a very crappy friend He's just freaking <laughs> yeah. lazy. He's like, oh, like, hey, can well, you, you help hired me? Out your me. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, nah. <laughs> you hired me, but it's going to suck just as much for you as it is for them. All right, let's move on to listener questions. So the first question is from at base Jalaren. She asks, do you have concerns that the Chandra comic will spoil the Ravnica story? Uh, let's let's go with what you two think first. Um, I think if it does, then this is when it's, we're supposed to find out about that. Like, I'm not saying it won't, but I'm not really worried about it. Cause I think if it does, it won't be a bad thing. I think it'll be stuff that we're supposed to know about the Ravnica story. What about yeah, you? Ryan? I'm hoping that's the case. I just, I, I sincerely just hope that's the case because we've, we've been burned a little bit by wizards pulling their own IP a little bit 
too often, so I'm not sure what to make of it, but I, I'm sincerely hoping that whatever's in the Chandra comics is some kind of precursor to what's going to happen in the Ravnica story as opposed to being spoiling it, so we'll see. And again, like we said, um, these comics are not being created um, by Wizards of the Coast, so... I'm hoping they 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 are still you know coordinated as to what we're supposed to know. So let me say that I have not worked on these Chandra comics, so I don't know what's coming up in them. But it is entirely possible that Vita Ayala has doesn't even know how the third Ravnica set is going to end. It may not be possible for them to spoil anything because they don't actually know how it ends. All they know is that they were given these characters and that Chandra has a certain amount of pathos that we may or may not find out what that's about in the comic. So the only spoiler is that Chandra, Tybalt, and Ajani live through whatever happens in this third block. (laughs) You know, we'll have to see whether or not that's meaningful or not. So the next question is from at Ecto Cooler Ranch. The question is, how does each guild fund itself? Are there taxes? So we kind of covered this when we were talking about the various guilds, but it really depends. Like the Orzhov definitely tax their own people. They tithe and tax. But other guilds make their money in various ways. Uh, the is it Typically, it's by serv- by doing services for the city. There are a lot of different ways. I can't tell you offhand how most of them do it, but I'll guarantee, like, Simic tend to be doctors. A lot of them, guild membership doesn't mean an automatic payment or stipend. Uh, like we saw in today's story, you can be an it without any guarantee of income. As an it, you know, it's it's you need to be delivering results in order to get any kind of income. Uh, so it, it, it varies pretty significantly. There is no centralized tax system that I'm aware of. It could be part of why the Boros are always short-staffed. That and everyone keeps killing the Wojex. <laughs> <Yep>. But for <laughs> instance, like the Rakdos, they run the, um, the circuses and the clubs. Uh, they sell slaves. They do all sorts of stuff. Uh, the Orzhov were always the easy ones. Let me think. The the Azorius probably tax or fee their own people. They probably assess taxes and fees on people. Oh my god, this boy is so noisy. <laughs> so, moving on to the next question from at WolfyStar123. Do you think Niv-Mizzet was born by the Ur-Dragon? I'm going to say no. The reason for that is that Niv-Mizzet has been explicitly stated... Because I was pushing for that a lot earlier this year. Uh, Niv-Mizzet is explicitly not an Elder Dragon. He doesn't have an Elder Creature type. And he doesn't have that same level of metaphysical connection to the plane and to lesser members of his kind that other Elders do. So no, Niv-Mizzet is not an Elder Dragon. I had that confirmed to me by the creative team. If I wanted to troll them, I would bring it up. So that's <laughs> that's pretty much a no. So he's not an Elder Dragon, and he, he was not born by the Ur-Dragon. 
Hey, buddy. <laughs> what's what's <laughs> Daddy's Daddy is recording a podcast right now. Not a game. No, it's not a game. Hi. Hi. Your little naked boy running around this room. <laughs> Okay, so our last question comes from at Primal Green Thor. The question is, how big is the plane? How much is covered in city? How much wasteland wilderness? So one of the flavor texts, I believe, from Guilds of Ravnica mentions that no one is quite sure how far the city goes. That's so scary to me. That, yeah. I don't like Author that. word of like God <laughs> was that Ravnica is the size of like Earth's moon. It's not that big, but whether or not that's still true or was ever true is another matter. I would say all of the known plane is covered in city. Uh, there might be more beyond that, but a lot of that is bands of development. Like it'll fall into disarray and then people will build on top of it again. So you get these archaeological layers of the city over the last 10,000 years. So in terms of what's what, Ravnica, when people talk about Ravnica, they're probably talking about the area that's defined by the 10 districts, but there's more further out. That's more like, I don't want to say suburbs, but less developed cities. You know, it's not like the skyscrapers. It's the out, outer city limits, so to speak. And that goes on for no one really sees an end. Except for the patches that are just complete rubble. Now, if you want to know, like, if Ravnica has wilderness, it sort of does, but it's not, like, n untouched natural forest. It's parts of the city that have fallen to disrepair, um, and that's where the gruel live. So that's about as close to wilderness as Ravnica Yeah, or is. it's the heavily ordered gardens cultivated by the Selesnia. Well, that's not wilderness, that's gardens. It's like New York City it's like in... Selesnia. It's like New York City in Central Park, right? It's... Uh, Central Park is kind of a wilderness. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's organized wilderness. It's in a bloody square for, <laughs> for God's sakes. All right, let's move on to this week's story. Magic story, testing the dark waters. I found this story pretty interesting. Ooh, ooh, dark waters. Um, Dark depths. Oh, it's Merritt Lage. <laughs> no. Oh. You know what? You're both you're both on a merit lage allowance now. You're only only one merit lage reference is allowed to come up per podcast. Welcome to the sewer trolls, Ashley. So use it wisely. Well, I think I used I think that was a pretty good use of it. Brian has used up his merit lages for the month. Shenanigans. So, so Ashley, that's one. How many times am I allowed to bring up Imrakul? Oh, please don't. <laughs> Okay, this is the story. <laughs> so this story features Labet, the chemister. Uh, a chemister is a kind of is it mage that is. What's the best way to put this? They're they're a chemist. I mean, that's the that's the simplest and easiest way to way to do it. They are they can close in to like the simic side of things. But whereas the Simic focus more on the biological, uh, the chemisters obviously focused on chemicals that are not organic, organic chemistry, I suppose. The yep. ones more likely to kill you than give you, you know, crab, 
pincers or something like that. For now. <laughs> so Laybet is do- working a side job clearing fatbergs in the sewers uh, led around by this amazing troll named Kelteth, who she mentions is the most chill Golgari troll she's ever met. And that probably has something to do with the fact that he is constantly eating mushrooms that are growing off him. I think he might be high. Kelteth is awesome. <laughs> Don't you slander him like that. He's just naturally chill. He's just a laid back dude. Maybe he goes surfing in the sewers when uh, when no one no one when he's not showing people around. Uh, it was there's a very amusing bit where Laybet gets mad at the troll for not telling her about everything that could kill her down there. And his response is, if I told you about everything that could kill you down here, you would never have come. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I guess you got me there. So Laybet is a poor it trying to scrape by. She discovers this spatial rift as she's trying to figure out what is keeping this fatberg impervious to the lightning that's been clearing out all these fatbergs in the su- in the sewer. <coughs> the the fatberg, you know, you're done. You're done. You're on mute, <laughs> sir. The the fatbergs are a real thing that happen in sewers, and I love that this is brought up because this is like a nitty gritty thing that a city plane would really have to deal with on a regular basis. And so a fatberg that's resistant to electricity would be a major issue. So anyway, she discovers the spatial rift and that it's the cause of the electricity resistance. She gets shocked by some of these electric eels in the sewer. Um, but with her discovery, she goes back to her boss and has this like harebrained rant slash attempt to, to, blackmail him or something i'm not really sure what she was thinking she doesn't seem sure what she was thinking. so it, to me it sounded like she was trying to demand more resources to further her um experiment her ideas on this experiment that she gets further into by on her own later on but i think she was still kind of dazed so it probably didn't come off particularly coherent to herself or her boss for that matter and it seems like she wasn't supposed to be down there in the first place. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she showed up with a bunch of illegally borrowed equipment. The the word broken. for that is stolen. Stolen. Yeah. Stolen broken. equipment. Lab yeah. equipment that she broke. <laughs> but her attitude on it is is amazing. Illegally borrowed. <laughs> um. So anyway, she's fired. She ends up setting up in the basement of her tenement which has this uh she has this amazing line for it where she mentions it's it reeks of rust and ingenuity which is so perfectly is it it's great this really captures the is it nikki's killing it i i love these stories man oh they're so good so she puts out an ad for a assistant uh and tamson sween shows up a blast seeker which is i someone who's a demolitions expert i guess with the with the is it i don't remember offhand but that seems likely uh and they conduct the with the fake ad for a lab assistant she has tamson help her conduct experiments on the mice that she is trying to make electric electricity resistant and she finds that uh her her experiment succeeds and she realizes that in order to proceed she'd have to do quote-unquote human trials but uh she could never get the funding for that 
until Tamsin says, well, you know, I might be able to figure something like that out. So there's also another great line surrounding this whole thing where they're like, uh, where Tams, I'm sorry, where Laybet's opinion is like, the Is It League likes its oversight and its protocols, but the rules are made to be broken. And if there is a Is It philosophy out there, that, that is basically it. Oversight and protocols that are meant to be broken. So they renamed their lab, and I love this name, the Laboratory of Elemental Metastream Dynamics and Coiled Field Fractalization. Because Tamsin mentions that more words are less. Someone's less likely to look into it the more complicated a name you give it. And that's true in real life, too. <laughs> so they put out an advertisement for human trials where they get five test subjects and it works. Whatever they did works and makes the humans electricity resistant. However, Tamsin comments that they can't just let these people know. This was not exactly a legal human trial experiment, and if they let these people go, word's going to get out about this miraculous new discovery they've made. So Tamsin convinces Labet that they have to kill those five people, and by the time Labet comes around to agreeing, Tamsin reveals she already killed all five of those test subjects. Clue number one. <laughs> yeah, never monologue until you've already done the deed. So I should note here that the currency brought up in this article is Ziggs with a G. That is not a currency we've heard of before on Ravnica. I wonder if this is a potential mistake. It got confused with Zibs, Z-I-B-S, which are... One of the two kinds of Ravnican currency we hear about in the original Ravnican novels. That's Zibs and Xenos. Gosh, Jay, uh, get your shit together. Let's go. Or is it a third? I haven't seen these stories. <laughs> I literally said that in this cast. I'm sorry. You know what I would like? What? For it to be... I would like for there to just be a whole bunch of different Ravnican currencies, and none of them like have a direct, uh, like exact direct, exchange. Yeah. No, that would be great. <laughs> like, I'm not really sure how much of this is worth. This. How many Zenos like, is in a Zig? I love that if it was just so stupidly confusing. Five thousand in twenty. Well, yeah, that's the thing. No, twenty. Even if this sorry. is a continuity <laughs> error, technically, it still works because who knows? I, yeah, <laughs> who I knows? love it. Maybe. Because it's never discussed how the trans or the uh, currency exchange rate. Works maybe a or... zib, maybe a zig is five and a half zibs, or it's a hundred zibs, or something like that. Do y'all do y'all remember that episode in the office where Michael is giving or like Pam is taking score for people in the office, and she's like, "You gave," I don't remember. She's like, "You gave so and so a thumbs up, so and so a star." Do you remember that? And she's like, "I don't want to be rate. <laughs> I want to be like that." Or there's like absolutely meaningless. <laughs> It's all fake money anyway, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> so one of the things that happens, though, once they've renamed is Laybet jokingly says, oh, what did you do? Blackmail someone on the board in order to get us our name and our temporary trial? Because they had to they had to make some things up like the master chemist. There was no master chemist who was running their lab. Uh, so they had to memorize the names and the excuses or the errands that those individuals would be off doing if anyone from oversight ever showed up. And Labet jokes, oh, did you blackmail them? And Tamsin is just deadly quiet. 
We learn why Tamsin didn't laugh when we learn that she's a demure shapeshifter hunting Laybet. Laybet, we cut to, is uh, hideous under a bridge with claws and some other stuff going on. But there's this really great exchange where Tamsin, who's about to kill her, mentions that she's a genius. And Laybet suddenly goes, wait, you really think I'm a genius? Like, she's more concerned with the accolades and being recognized as a genius than with her own impending doom. And if that isn't so perfectly is it as well, I don't know what is. I legitimately don't know what is. And you know, the funny part about this whole experiment is that she's hideous underneath a bridge because she went to the Simic to participate in some kind of trial. And I feel like if you just switch guild from is it to Simic, she probably wouldn't have had a problem. The Simic probably would have been very interested in this same technology. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Or she could have gone to the cultist and be like, does anybody want me to electrocute you? And he'd be like, yes. Yes. Yeah. So Laybet had some kind of mutation from Simic magic. And so what it sounds like is Laybet made another discovery and Tamsin wanted to basically take both discoveries for the Demir and then erase all evidence. But Laybet got the best of Tamsin. So I'm curious about both of your thoughts on this one. I've been rambling for like 10, 15 minutes now. So what did you, did you two think of this story? I thought it was great. Again, it gives a lot more insight into how these guilds work and cooperate with each other to make sure things are going the way they're supposed to as far as like the sewer maintenance, how the Golgari come to the Izzet to make sure certain something is working the way it should be as far as the fat bird and stuff like that but it also gives a little bit of insight as to how these people go about their daily lives and how they achieve their goals i think it's great and like even if she got the 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 currency a little bit wrong I, i thought everything else seemed really on par with what i expected out of these guilds and it made me want some more of something i didn't know that i wanted and this is exactly how i would want these stories to continue especially if they're not going to focus on the main storyline. Yeah. Ashley, what do you think? I've had a hard time getting into the last two stories because these are just not the guilds that I really care about. But what I do care about is like the little, the small, the minutia, like the names of the currency, like what the streets look like. I love the little day-to-day stuff like that because in Return to Ravnica, there was like none of that. So while I don't like the story itself is not super engaging to me just because I don't like these skills very much. I do love getting little world building details. All right. So overall, I, I really like these stories. I like that we are still getting stories, even if it's not the main story. It's a shame that we have to wait till the middle of next year for the story to continue, unless for some reason Ravnica Allegiance has more in it. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> That's the sound of Merritt Lage. Yeah. Arjun, can you say magic story? Can you say thank you for listening to the Vortex cast? Ouch. Okay. Did you drop something? What, what is this? Puzzle piece? That's your trick or treat puzzle piece? Oh, I see. Okay. Arjun, can you, can you go end out Daddy's thing? Can you go? Oh, yeah. Anyone? So, <clears throat> come here, buddy. Come here. Hmm? Oh.
Oh, up we go. As a line. Okay. So we're gonna say we're gonna say here. You can you want to listen to here? Here you go. There's Brian and Ashley. Hi, Arjun. Hey, Arjun. You say hi. Hi, Arjun. They're daddy's friends. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Mine. My mine's. Where's yours? They're at the house. They're at the house. They're all out of the at the house. They're all out at the house. Yes. <laughs> huh. That sucks. So final thoughts. I like that we have a lot of new Vorthos content coming out in the interim. Uh, and I'm excited to see next week the Concepts and Legends book that we have no idea what's actually going to be in there. Brian, what are your last thoughts? My final thoughts are, who created that the, 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 the little spatial bubble or spatial rift that caused these fat birds? Ooh, that's a Merit question. Lage, I tell you! Oh, it's Merit Lage! I was right with you till you brought up Merit Lage. <laughs> Alright, moving on. Ash- ha- hashtag sewer troll. Final thoughts, Ashley? I'm just recovering from a text Jenny just sent me. Jenny just sent me a text to tell me that she uh, felt something crawling um, on her back, and then she reached, and it was a centipede. Oh, no. And that is, I'm so scared of centipedes. So we want to thank our listeners on Patreon. If you're not one of our patrons on Patreon, I don't even know what you you call those. You can follow us on the Vorthos cast. We have two tiers. One tier gets you access to our uh, Discord server. And the other one gets you access to both the Discord server and our special bonus episode every month where we record a 10-minute segment on something we wouldn't ordinarily cover. So, Oh, did you hear about the uh, proposition for the third tier? Um, uh, $10,000 tier, I come to your house and I will grill for you. all right well thank you for listening this has been the vorthos cast say thank you for listening arjun say thank you for listening you'd say this has been (laughs) say it louder say it loud